Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we're talking about celebrating friendship. There's nothing better than getting women together with good food that perhaps we didn't have to cook and great conversation. Today we celebrate friendship, one of my favorite topics. Girlfriends know just how important it is to own six different pairs of black shoes, or maybe that's eight. We are better together, shoes or no shoes, and God knew that. When my kids were little, I remember calling my sister in Indiana and complaining, I mean, talking to her. And I began the conversation with, and I even remember where I was standing, I was over my stove. And I was probably uh, lacking a lot of sleep. And I just opened the conversation with, is it too late to say that I wasn't meant to have children? She had the nerve to say, yes, it was too late. Then, so she wouldn't know exactly to whom I was referring, I asked, when one has PMS, how does one keep from, first of all, making angry outbursts? Secondly, being too hard on my, I mean, on one's children, and or third, eating all the chocolate chip cookie dough before baking the cookies. Now, she wasn't able to catch all this since my mouth, I mean, one's mouth was full of cookie dough at the time. But when I finally got my question across, and I was only half serious, my sweet little sister, who did take me seriously, answered my question. She answered all my questions by responding with this, you do what you're doing right now. She wasn't referring to eating the cookie dough. It took me a moment to let it sink in, and I realized I did feel better, at least less murderous, just having spilled that little bit of frustration over the phone. I love the t-shirt that reads WWMD, what would Martha do? But in a real crisis, would you wanna call someone like Martha Stewart, or even one of her staff members? Or would you prefer to talk to your best friend or your sister? When we're feeling weak in any area of our lives, it reminds us that we need each other. We are better together. And I'm so glad that we're getting together even online today on the podcast to celebrate that fact. So what makes a good friend? A friend that we can celebrate any day of the year. I wonder if there is a friendship day of the year. There probably is. I asked my friend Grace what she considered a good friend. I'll read you part of her list. (laughs) She's pretty funny. Number one, a good friend makes time to be together. Baby showers, birthdays, Bible studies, funerals, weddings, your friends, kids, talent shows. That can be a stretch at times. My friend Katie said once, we need to love each other's children. She is so wise. Two, Crying together about how God allows hurts and failure and pain and brokenness into our lives to shape us to be more like Him. Three, telling me when it's time to get my hair highlighted. (laughs) Four, 
having a ready supply of chocolate or lunch or movies to borrow and stories of parenting challenges to comfort one another and laugh. Five, laughing about our shortcomings until the tears flow. I was at a women's retreat at Sonora one weekend. What a beautiful place that is. Sonoma, actually. Both of those places are beautiful. 89 women laughing hysterically. It was a treat to be among them. Some of them have been going to retreats for 20 years together. Others, it was their very first time. I can't wait till we can have retreats again. It was so good to hear them testify at the very end. This was my first time at your retreat and I had such a great time and I can't wait to tell all my friends about it. They had made new friends and it made all the difference. Grace went on to say, a friend thinks the best of me in spite of how far I fall short. Wow, that's my favorite, I think. Friendship like that can take time to develop, but it's worth the effort, isn't it? My sister was right when she told me I was doing the best thing by talking, but not just to anyone. I needed someone to listen who loved me and accepted me unconditionally like she did. That's the crux of a good friend, isn't it? Someone who knows me and loves me anyway. It sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? A friend who sticks closer than a brother or a sister. When we're revealing our warts and our growth pains, we don't need someone to say, you're right, you are an awful person. It's time you got over it and be better, like me. Romans 15.7 states, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Wow, that brings acceptance to a whole nother wonderful higher level. When we accept each other as Christ accepted us, it brings glory to God. Here are three descriptions of a good friend. A good friend is someone who accepts you just like Jesus accepts you. A good friend is someone who reminds you that you have a Father in Heaven who can help you when she can't. We all have those times, don't we? Sometimes a casserole just isn't enough, although much appreciated. And lastly, a good friend is someone who helps you become more like Jesus. One time when I was mad at my husband for some reason, I don't even remember what, isn't that always the case? I knew I should call my friend Debbie, but I didn't really want to because I knew what she was gonna say to me. And what she was gonna say to me would not only be correct, it would begin to change my attitude. And I was enjoying my attitude a little bit too much at the time. I needed to enjoy it a little bit longer. So I waited a little bit, maybe 15, 20 minutes. I went ahead and I called Debbie. And she did say what I knew she would. Sue, I want you to make a list of everything you appreciate about Mark right now. I knew she was going to say that. I did. And it did change my attitude. I've given that counsel to many young women over the years, and not everyone agreed to do it. I celebrate Deb's friendship because she loved me the way I was, but gently encouraged me to change. I heard once that we all need someone that we can be weak with. That perhaps is the best definition of a good friend. We all need someone 
we can be weak with. Language has created the word loneliness, Paul Tillich wrote, to express the pain of being alone. And it has created the word solitude to express the glory of being alone. Loneliness versus solitude, there's a big difference. We all need some solitude, even from those great friends. Some of you need solitude more than others. That's the good. That's the positive part about being alone. We need solitude so that we can make our lists to evaluate our accomplishments, to pray for our families, to read a good book, to get re-energized, to be still and know that God loves us and that he is in control. I can feel like everything is out of control because of the flurry of disappointment or interruptions or deep needs of those I love. But when I'm finally alone with God and his word, you know what I'm talking about. I'm reminded God is in control. Isn't that the same for you? If not, start tomorrow morning. Spend some time alone with God. Solitude with Jesus. Jesus modeled healthy solitude. He stole away from the crowds and even from his 12 best friends, all so he could be alone with his father. But solitude is not the same kind of aloneness as loneliness. Loneliness is negative. Solitude is necessary. Loneliness can hit you in a crowded courtyard after church surrounded by hundreds of people or surrounded by family or even in a marriage, even a good marriage. We can feel alone at times. Mother Teresa wrote, the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Wow, she saw terrible, terrible poverty, and yet she saw that the worst poverty is loneliness. The most wealthy woman on the earth can still be in poverty if she's lonely. I liked it that she said, and the feeling of being unloved, because she knew God loved these people, and she was the hands and feet of Jesus to show them God's love. But when you feel unloved, you feel lonely. One other thing, when we are in trials and tribulations, we suffer. But when we feel we are alone in our suffering, it's multiplied tenfold, maybe even a hundredfold. Often the worst part of a hard situation is to think, I'm all by myself and things will never, ever get better. Loneliness fosters despair which cycles to hopelessness. God's middle name is hope, and we won't experience that truth until we feel hopeless. The psalmist expressed it well in Psalm 73:26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That sounds like a holy mess, God and failure in the same prayer. I won't know God as my portion until my heart and strength fail. Messes are worth their weight in knowing God better and deeper. And once I do know him that way, I can share my story with another who may feel alone and defeated.
I'm so thankful that Jesus sticks closer than a brother. I'm also so thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you feeling alone today? Text a friend. Invite her to your porch or your backyard. Go out for coffee. Have tea. Make some homemade granola. She may need your tea and your granola even more than you do. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.